0: I'd like to talk about what Paul meant by grace and why what he said about grace was so radical. Um, of course, Paul didn't use the word English word grace. Uh, he used normal Greek words for gift or favor, the word charis, for instance, which just means a gift and isn't a specially loaded word, doesn't have a special theological meaning. It just means gift. So when we find Paul talk about gift, the question we should ask is, uh, what is so um, unusual? Is there anything unusual about the way Paul talks about God and his gift of Christ? And the first thing you realize is that lots of people in the ancient world talked about God as a giver, as an abundant giver, a giver of all good things. Paul is not unique in talking about the abundance of God's gifts. And lots of people in the ancient world talked about God as always the first giver. God gives to us before we give back to God. So to talk about God, the priority of grace, God giving before we return, is also not that unusual. The thing that makes Paul unusual in what he says about God's gifts and the gift of Christ in particular is that it is given without regard, without any paying any attention to the worth of the recipient. Now, why is that unusual? Well, normally in the ancient world, you give gifts in order to create relationships. You give gifts in order to bind people, societies together. And because that's the social function of gifts and the social purpose of gifts, you give gifts discriminately. You give them carefully, lavishly perhaps, but carefully. Just as nowadays we don't give gifts to just anybody, say at Christmas time or when you make your will, you don't leave money to just anybody. You express by who you give gifts to and how much you you leave, you express your values. You express what counts as worth. So everyone in, in the ancient world thought about themselves as giving gifts where they gave gifts discriminately, carefully to fitting people to people who were worthy in some way. It might be to do with their status, it might be to do with their previous relationship with the giver, it might be to do with their gender, it might be to do with their ethnicity. And the normal reaction was to project that onto God and to say that God also gives gifts discriminately. Any gift of any importance and worth, God gives carefully and discriminately. He's a generous giver. But you can't expect God to give arbitrarily and you can't expect God to give to just anybody. Now the essence, the core of Paul's theology of gift, Paul's theology of grace, is that the Christ gift, the most essential and the definitive, the ultimate gift of God, is given without regard to the worth of the recipient. Christ died for the ungodly, Christ died For the enemy, and Paul says, look, that's really a very unusual, a very radical thing. You might die, he says, talking of his contemporaries, you might perhaps die for a righteous man or a good man, but who's going to die for the unrighteous and who's going to die for the enemy? So what we find in Paul is this extraordinary, boundary-breaking, norm-breaking understanding of God as the God who gives without regard to the worth of the the recipient. Now that worth might be of many different kinds, but the point is that God doesn't follow our own criteria of worth. So here is Paul, who was a good law observant Jew from the very best ancestry with the very highest standards. But he says, it was not for that reason that God called me. In fact, out of loyalty to the law he persecuted the church, he tried to destroy the early church. But God did not for that reason refuse to call Paul. So he had neither positive worth according to his previous tradition nor did he have negative worth such that God counted either. So why was Paul called? He was called only because God chose to call him. Paul finds the same experience in his Gentile churches. They're from the wrong ancestry, they have the wrong ideas about God previously, the wrong morals, and God gives his spirit to them and this totally blows Paul's mind. So both in his own experience of his own story and his experience of his mission he finds this extraordinary effect of the divine gift that quite unusually and quite unexpectedly does not accord to normal standards of worth. That's good news for Paul and for anybody as an individual. That's why we sing Amazing Grace. But it's also radical as far as the formation of communities, because it enables Paul to create communities that cross ethnic and cross social boundaries. Because these things that normally give people worth, their education, their ancestry, their power, Paul says these are not what counts before God. So you can create communities in which there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female. And it's that social dimension of the radicality of grace that I think we need to rediscover today.